0: 6.22 on a Thursday morning. It's one degree outside. And we are joined for the morning brief by Mark Toohey, advisor to business and political leaders. It's nice to have you. Happy Thursday. Good morning,
1: sir. Happy Thursday to you.
0: Okay, so I certainly remember the banging of the drums when there were investigations into previous governments. I tend to always take the approach, okay, there's an investigation, let's see what it finds. So how much jeopardy is there for the Ford administration to have not what, but one, but two inquiries into the Greenbelt business?
1: um good question i don't think there's a lot i think these are questions that if the if the supposition behind the question was true we would definitely all be you know up in arms about it so somebody needs to investigate to find out if it's true but uh, the two investigations have a couple of different purposes the auditor general's investigation is looking for you know whether government in theory it's looking for whether government got good value for the money that it spent in practice uh, this particular Auditor General is exercising the, uh, the sort of growth in uh, mission or mission creep that a lot of Auditor Generals have uh, brought upon themselves, which is more to sort of evaluate policy, which isn't really something that she gets paid to do. So it'll be interesting to see what she says. The Integrity Commissioner, one on the other hand, probably has less jeopardy. It is uh, pretty easy to trigger an integrity uh, commissioner investigation. They take about, uh, they, they take weeks to months to finish. But if they get any type of hint that something illegal was done, then by and large, they have to stop investigating, hand it over to the police. So for as long as the, investi- the integrity commissioner is investigating, the government really isn't in any serious jeopardy. And of course, you've been around long enough to observe this phenomenon as well. It always amuses
0: me that the Auditor General is a hero to the opposition until the opposition forms the government.
1: Oh, absolutely. In fact... Uh, When I worked at uh, City Hall, one of the hardest committees to staff was the audit committee. And because uh, it's just boring stuff, it's uh, fine. Nobody likes uh, reading columns and columns of numbers and financial reports, until you get on that committee. And so uh, you know, councillors would begrudgingly accept uh, exile to the audit committee until they got onto it, and then they realized that they were heroes uh, every month when the uh, auditors, uh, you know, reports were being published.
0: Merritt Stahl is the leader of the NDP, although still I think not formally um, will join us at 6.35 on our show this morning. What do you make of Sylvain Charlebois, who is the expert on the grocery industry and food supply chain issues and all of that stuff? And his recommendation is, quote, Galen Weston needs to disappear. I I think there's a certain subtlety to the remark. He's not necessarily saying that the man needs to vanish. It's just that he's a liability now as the face of Loblaws.
1: Yeah, I think he's he he's suggesting that Galen Weston has become a bit of a lightning rod for sort of everybody that has anything to complain about with inflation. Is sort of focusing it on Loblaw's and Galen Weston, and I can see his point. I mean, if you remember back. Uh, there are some companies that have done well with the CEO sort of personality being the front of the brand. And, uh, but there have been a lot of CEOs with big egos that have wanted to be the front of the brand uh, when it didn't really serve them, you know, very well. And President's Choice uh, started years back with Dave, whose name I can't remember, who was the president uh, apparently of Loblaws. And he was just this folksy kind of guy, almost like a Dave Thomas at Wendy's. And uh, people loved him. And so, you know, when he moved on, Galen Weston kind of moved into the role. But there's a difference between a folksy sort of working guy and a billionaire or at least multimillionaire sort of rich kid who was born into wealth with the silver spoon in his mouth trying to tell you, you know, that he's going to hold the price on no frills. Uh, Dave Nickel
0: apparently is the name of that guy. Right, and then I was uh, suddenly remembering Victor Kaim. Remember him? Yeah, he was the guy who liked his uh, shaver so much he bought the company. <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff on the agenda today. Actually, I had already hinted that you'd have some firm opinions about this one. Uh, Some activists are calling on the city of Ottawa to shut down an appearance by Jordan Peterson. I think it's a non-starter. I mean, if people want to go hear Jordan Peterson prattle on, then uh, allow them to do so. Who cares?
1: I hope it's a non-starter. I hope we've moved to the point where... You know, we realize that as much as we might disagree with each other, we should still, if not listen to each other, at least allow other people to listen. Uh, to diverging opinions and so if you don't like Jordan Peterson listen to what he says or pick up his book if you don't want to pay for it buy it you know rent it from the or borrow it pardon me uh, from the library and have a look at what he actually says not what somebody told you that he says and you might be right maybe you really despise his ideas. Uh, but, you know, he got to be very popular because a lot of what he said resonated with some people. So the question is why? And that's always where the really interesting discussions come from. Uh, activists are going to activate. They're always going to scream and yell and thump their chests when something happens that they don't like. I hope nobody listens.
0: Okay, I don't think you're a particularly sentimental man, but uh, thoughts on Zeller's being brought back by the Bay with the contention that there is such a, a you know a rich brand there that people will troop out and shop?
1: I think probably people will troop out to see what it is. I mean, I grew up with Zeller's. Zeller's, uh, you know, for a poor family from Western Canada, was where you shopped because it was the only place you could afford to shop. It came in just after Kmart uh, kind of uh, waned, and uh, Zeller's was the go-to place where you started, you could get a little bit of everything, all your school supplies, your kids' clothes, your household uh, wares. Um, and so, yeah, I think it does still have some warm memories, but it's warm memories for people who are... You know, my age and older, I'm not sure if it'll attract that many young people, except uh, what's old is new again. So maybe it will. And Hudson's Bay is trying to find a place for itself on the retail, uh, you know, spectrum. And they have struggled and failed for years. Maybe this will do something for them, but I'm not entirely sure. And
0: Mark Tuohy, it's not uncommon for public entities to take out advertising to make us feel better about them. But I'm not sure the TTC ad, glitzy though it may be, is necessarily going to convince anybody who isn't writing the TTC to do so.
1: Well, this is the problem with all government advertising. I mean, it's not like you really have a choice. And uh, the reality, and as speaking as someone who rides the TTC now almost every day, you ride the TTC because you don't have an alternative. So it's not like you're going to be sort of reaching into the cars and convincing people to get out of them. That simply doesn't happen. Uh, the only real conveyance that transit offers that beats the car hands down every time is the subway, and what they should be advertising about that is how fast you can go. Um, the rest of it, you know, we're all creatures of, uh, we're captives of uh, transit because there's no other choice, so advertising's a bit of a waste of money.
0: Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Take care. Coming up, as mentioned, Ontario NDP leader Merritt Stiles in just a moment. And Dan Riskin's back. It's Test Tube Thursday. Lots of things to talk about in the world of science, including how strangely we walk. I'll let Dan do the heavy lifting on this. 6.30 is the time. Let's get to the half-hour
1: headlines. Jess Kieran Cooner is here. Good morning.